heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, the question I was asking myself when I put my head on the pillow last night, in fact, was what kind of a leader do we need, do we want, uh, and really do we need at this point in our country? And I'm thinking about, you know, with with all the different factions happening and what we're going through as a nation, and I'll, I'll get into some of those in moments here. What sort of leader are we looking for and do we need at this point of our, uh, of uh, our nation. Really gave that some soulful thought uh, coming into the broadcast today, friends. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of politics today. Welcome into the broadcast, uh, to the voice of the nation. It is indeed Malcolm out loud here. And uh, okay, so if things are as bad as we think they are, okay? If our country is under attack, if we feel that way, if the justice system really is broken, if the immigration system and open borders, if they've left us as vulnerable as we believe they have, if our economy is on the verge of historic collapse, if the Afghanistan withdrawal uh, showcased our lack of resolve uh, on the world stage, uh, I would think, and feckless political leadership, if our foreign policy isn't respected and as much of a train wreck as we believe it is, if all of this is really the case, if it's this extraordinary, uh, we need an extraordinary human being. That's where we find ourselves. I mean, it seems to me nothing uh, appears to be as business as usual. When you consider uh, the, the broken Department of Justice, and, and you know, it just, these what I just lined up with you, these various quick points just off the top of my mind here, these are not Republican talking points or Democrat talking. They're just facts. They're facts. And so it's I don't think you have to draw the conclusion of where you fit in the political aisle. But, you know, I'm thinking, do, do people really understand the gravity? I have to believe they do. And I have to believe our Democrat friends do, and and certainly independents and moderates have to believe as well that we are. In fact, I'm 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 I absolutely know this is the case. We're we're not in, uh, we're not in a good place as as a country as a people. Everybody can sense it, and you know in. I hate to sometimes, you know, being an optimistic person myself, and I hope you know that about me, although some days, I tell you lately on here, you it's hard to find the optimism, frankly. Um, it's a vicious, vicious news cycle is what it is. And it really kicks your ass, frankly, uh, many days. And I don't know about you, but there are some days I, I don't want to deal with it. I, I just don't want to deal with it, people. I'm an optimistic dude. I I love the positive things about life, about uh, our existence, about our country, about our planet. 
about our existence. And so it pains me at days to have some of these conversations, but frankly, they're, they're, you can't avoid them. I mean, it's absolutely everywhere. So I, I don't know of any people, I can't think, and I don't know about you, but I can't think of other people that are just whistling Dixie at the moment, thinking everything is just, you know, hunky-dory. In the, in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I don't sense that, people. I, I don't, you know, you know what I mean? I don't get that feeling that anybody, I can't think of anybody. Everybody knows we're in some sort of moment of despair. They can feel it, the, that it's just not normal. It's not right. The country isn't right. It's not whole. The world isn't whole. Does that make sense? So I get thinking more about that. And, you know, and then, you know, you think back to the last many years. Now, you know, <laughs> to say we've come through a historic moment of time is an absolute understatement. Going from these last few administrations, you know, uh, the race with Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and then uh, the the last go around with Donald Trump and Joe Biden, COVID hitting the the world and our nation in ways that it did, changing all the rules of the election. And again, I you know that's another thing that I'm seeing a lot of stories. Do you really believe this election fraud, or is this really true, or whatever? And I don't even have to believe that hammer and scorecard, or you know, or uh, whatever, or screwdrivers were running loose on the. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. I mean, just the things they changed on the state level and with COVID and just basic ballot harvesting and dead people voting. I mean, there was enough momentum of in insanity without even, you know, Casper coming in through the middle of the night stealing things. You know what I mean? But it was just a weird deal. So I don't, I don't, I don't wear it on my sleeve like a lot of Republicans. Oh, my God, we got stolen. the election. And it's, We sound like a bunch of crybabies after a while. That's all I'm saying. So at time at some point you sure you got to move on, I, I believe. In other words, if two if if a lot of people spend if we spend all our time fighting twenty twenty, I got news for you people, we're gonna we're gonna take a bath in twenty twenty four. I mean, but a lot of Republicans don't get that. They just keep going back. And some of these kids I don't even like to talk to anymore. I, I can't say any names, but there are particular guests I don't even like to have on anymore because. They immediately want to go back and talk about 2020 all the time. It's like it's like it's like a bad deal. You got to shake it at some point. I mean, yeah, we, uh, you know, maybe you know our country was you know screwed over the cuckoo's nest, and you know we can argue about the fairness of all of it. I think you know my sense, but at some point you you do have to look forward and not keep looking in the rearview mirror because we keep looking in the rearview mirror. I'm pretty certain we're going to crash the car, people. I'm, I'm absolutely certain. So that's that's a problem. I think a lot of these uh, election people have a have a hard time with. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean we we ha we have to learn from what took place. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, you take nothing for granted anymore. And this whole rule change and all this nonsense they did. I mean, yeah, I think we'll all be up election night. Let's put it that way, looking with open eyes uh, through the entire deal. Uh, to make sure that there are no uh, improprieties taking place. Um, I, I, I just don't think we trust anymore. I don't, I don't think any of us trust this system anymore, frankly. I mean, who trusts this? Who trusts the government anymore? Who? I mean, I, I don't. 
I can't think of anybody really. I'm, I'm sure there are some that get paychecks from the government and those people think they're doing just fine and swell, but uh, I, I don't see it. I think we've all sort of lost trust in our representative government, the people we've sent up there, these muckety-mucks. But it, it, it's more than just the muckety-mucks we've sent up there. It's the bureaucratic state that I talk to you about all the time. It's the people who are well uh, implanted in Washington, D.C., and they stayed there from administration and administration. And Trump found that out really, really well. In 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, he found out really well uh, that, that that those people are pretty glued in there, and it's hard to remove them. They have all these rules. You can, you know, you, you, there's a lot of job security in government. It's the only thing. It's the only really profession where there is that sort of. Uh, you can be the total biggest screw up on the block and still retain your job in the, in a government position. You know. I don't know of any other profession that that works that way, people. But th this is what we built. This is what this bureaucratic state is that I'm talking to you about, basically, you know. So Donald Trump, I got thinking about him a little bit, too. Nikki Haley, you know, and um, of course, Pence is out. Uh, and, and, you know, and, I, and I'm happy to see that Pence left the race. Uh, I, um, I I found him. I, I don't know how about you, but I found him uh, to be a phony. But I've always felt him to be a phony, even he, when he was a, a, a lackey and a uh, a yes man for the administration as the VP. He never really came across in a sincere way to me, you know, like a really authentic dude. Like, but, you know, I don't know. I, I just didn't see him as a, a kind of leader or a world leader. I couldn't see him handling some of these world affairs and things we have going on now, to be sure. Um, but uh so he's out of there, uh, you know, and then we, you know, Chris Christie, of course, he, he is, he, he, he's like putting your fingers on a chalkboard and just scraping them down the chalkboard. <laughs> you know, just like that, you know, it's like, oh my God, he shatters my nerves. You know, uh, he just, he's, he's really a loud mouth that doesn't talk intelligent most of the time that I find. Um, I, I don't find him smooth and uh, uh, sophisticated, uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, of course, when your whole campaign is, you know, to uh, get another uh, candidate and not fight the fight and talk about things that are going to be uh, pro-American, pro-positive, pro that doesn't help either people, you know, for sure. Um, but, but Trump, you know, again, a flamethrower, absolutely. Uh, doesn't know when to shut the hell up. Absolutely. Uh, businessman, construction industry guru, uh, turned uh, what, TV personality kind of thing? Uh, who, by the way, in the early days, liberals, uh, oh man, they couldn't get enough of Trump. They wanted to hear his thoughts and opinions about everything. And they thought he was funny. Man, he was funny. Go back and look at some of those late night shows back then. And he was funny. He's always been funny, you know. But uh, but 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 that's the truth, you know. They they just loved him back there. They could not get enough of Donald Trump. Very entertaining, very entertaining. You you always had a a big audience when he was there. Uh, but of course, that's when it didn't matter, friends. It's like he wasn't running for anything then. In fact, he didn't want anything to do with the presidency. You go back and see him on tape. You said it many times. 
Now it matters like hell. And these same people want nothing to do with him, no matter what his policies were. They just hate him with a passion, hate the man. It's strange, isn't it? You know, a lot of people like that. They just really despise him. And they just wouldn't vote for him no matter what. I mean, at, at what peril? Uh, at, at our nation's peril? At what? Now, we talk about needing an extraordinary person. These are not normal times. I mean, we all have to admit that. And, um, you know, just looking at the way they are coming after Trump, and I'd like to talk a little bit today about that as well, the gag orders, uh, what the his former attorneys are saying as well about uh uh, these couple of cases here. And, uh, you know, Trump definitely pushes the envelope. But friends, you don't reach the pinnacle of success if you're not willing to push the envelope. You're just not going to get there. If you're not willing to speak out loud, you're not willing to speak your truth and put people in their place when needed, uh, you're never going to be the chairman of the board. And that's just the way it is. The chairman of the board, he's not always the most loved or respected, but... It is the person who gets the job done that uh, that uh, allows uh, the entity to to prosper, to grow. Trump's been there, obviously, as the uh, the chairman and the CEO, the the executive and driver, and as the CEO of our nation, which is really the role of the president, is really the CEO of the nation, and. Uh, so I, I think he is an, an interesting man for interesting times. And I got thinking more about it overnight. And I got thinking more about all of these players. And I'm going to, uh, Steve, Steve Latulip's with me today, Dr. Steve Latulip. I'm going to have a mopine on this as well. And uh, um, Steve, I'm just going to tell you right off there. I, I got thinking a lot more about it. And, and I'm thinking about, um, you know, like Nikki Haley. And they're talking in Ron DeSantis. I mean, right now, to me, it's come down to, and I know, and you tell me, maybe you have some other people in your mind that might be up, you know, have any shot, you know, I want to say any shot in hell, but any shot whatsoever. Uh, you know, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, uh, I don't know anyone beyond that. I don't see Tim Scott has a chance. I don't see, certainly Christie doesn't. The rest of them are just, you know, flaking off now. There, it's going to be down to a three, three-person race. I think pretty quick here. I, you look at all of that, and you look at Trump now. You can start to analyze all this. So Ron DeSantis has done a pretty good job in Florida. I always felt this wasn't his time, and my wife and I both felt that. I, I don't know why we felt that. We just thought he should have stayed out of it. This is before he ever got into it, and he's a very capable person. And this has probably given him a lot of experience, I would imagine, you know, uh, when you're on this stage here that you're on. But put him aside a minute, Steve, and then you look at Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley worries me. Now, I used to like Nikki Haley back in the day day uh, when she was coming out as governor and just prior to that. I love, first of all, I love strong women, number one. Number two, I'd love to see some great strong women in the Republican Party. You better believe it. In fact, I'm prayerful, hopeful that the first female president in the nation, I'm praying that it is a Republican, frankly. Whenever that happens, I really want that to be a Republican, not a Democrat. Just my personal view on that. And I've always felt that way. 
But Nikki Haley, I, I find her a, an interventionalist. I think she'd have us involved in multiple wars, uh, multiple times. I think she feeds more of the uh, ind- uh, the military industrial complex more than anything. And being her her skit with the United Nations, she's got this UN, which I hate the United Nations. They're disgusting. And I get the feeling she thinks they're like, like a marvelous flavor of ice cream or something. I think she likes the... Uh, what they are. Yeah, she spent some time there, obviously, as ambassador. But uh, I think Nikki Haley worries me that she, we'd have, you know, I just, I've gotten to the point where, I don't know, and they say she's she's uh, picking up steam on De- DeSantis and all right now, uh, quite a bit. They're, they're suggesting, anyways, from a lot of the reports I see. But when you look at everything fair and square right now, I have to tell you, if we all believe that this is as bad as it is, if I'm not making this up, Okay, and it really is this bad. And it's it's hard to fathom sometimes it is this bad. But when you think of this this way, I have to think that you need a real um, super trooper in there. I mean, you need you need an extraordinary human being. You need somebody who can uh, stand in the face of headwinds. I don't I mean, beyond that, I'll tell you what, uh, Donald Trump is about what I see. When it comes to strong headwinds, Steve, uh, really and truly, I I think he sometimes can be his own enemy. But considering everything else, I think these are minor things compared to the fight ahead. And the fight is everywhere. It's not just globally. It's even within our own justice departments, within our own presidency. It's within our own nation here all over the place. But I got thinking more about it overnight. And I'll tell you, I'm... I have no problem casting a ballot for uh, Donald Trump, frankly. I'll put that out there. Just because we need somebody of that caliber who will tell them to shut the hell up and sit down on the bus. You're making too much freaking noise in the back here. Make any sense, Steve? Well, it makes a lot of sense to me, Malcolm. Um, I, I, I feel strongly that there is absolutely no other contender uh, no. With Donald Trump, I just and I think that the polls spell that out very, very clearly. Yeah, tell me about the polls. You sent me a message earlier feeling it was pretty good news for Trump. What are you seeing, Steve? Yeah, well, um, you know, Trump, uh, he continues to expand his lead uh, right now. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are supposedly neck and neck at about 16 percent. Uh, that's uh, just based on one poll. Right. Um, I I don't put too much stock in any one poll, but I think that the trend is that Donald Trump is recognized as the one man who is really fit and fit for the job and up to the task of uniting America and doing what he did the first time, restoring America, making it great again. And I think that it takes a Donald Trump New York personality to do such a thing, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, I know that we're always uh, kind of bantering about uh, Donald Trump's big mouth. And um, I, I would agree with you that I, that's, you know, the way he talks is not the way I would talk, Malcolm. But yeah. uh, on the other hand, you know, I am from Rhode Island. I grew up um with that kind of mentality, if you ever saw the movie, My Cousin Vinny, yeah. that was what I grew up in in Rhode Island. And it, it was everywhere around me. That was my environment. And um, to survive that kind of environment, you have to have sort of a New York personality. And you take it with you in life if you were raised in that. And so it can be useful. But 
I think what people need to realize is that, you know, when Trump speaks, uh, yeah, he can be very uh, rash, he, uh, brash even. He can, um, you know, he can get people angry because of the tone of what he says, and he doesn't hold back. Let me but ask you just, something about the tone. I, uh, you, I forget all the time that you were born in Rhode Island in the Northeast. I, I, and I guess I knew that, but I always forget. I don't know why. And I, I want to ask you something. You mentioned Trump and that sort of attitude. Uh what is it with, and what is it with a lot of people? Be careful and choose my words wisely, because I don't. You can't, you know, this whole thing when we talk and we say "you all" or or you know, we put everything in the same bag. I mean, it's not really accurate. But what is it about that area that has not just the roughness to it, but uh, let me try to choose the words carefully, Steve. But um, and you're better to answer this than I, but. Sort of, uh, and again, not nothing's one hundred percent, but sort sort of like an unsophistication in the way that some people handle themselves, and the way they talk, or the way they are, or the way it is. There's, uh, it can be obnoxious, whatever it is. But it, it, I, the, the word I would use is unsophisticated, almost. Is that a is that a bad word in this particular case, or is that am I? Um, I, you know, I, I might question whether or not it's the absolute right word, but I totally get what you're saying. They are unsophisticated in the sense of being kind of roughnecks. And, you know, if if I get really into a heated debate, I default to my Rhode Island, <laughs> even my accent. You know, I really do. And if, I if, love you, it. if you saw if you saw these people uh, in New York uh, City recently, I, yeah. or was it in the Queens, I think, uh, area where these uh, Palestinians were putting up flags on the people who uh, on the pictures of the Israeli people who were killed. Um, and you saw these New Yorkers coming out and stopping them. Right. Uh, for one thing, it showed the Palestinian people who or the pro Hamas people, I would say, uh, they're absolute cowards. They're a bunch of weenies. And it, the thing is, if, if you have something that you stand for back east, you stand for it. It doesn't make it doesn't matter if you get the crap beaten out of you. You're going to take a stand. And by golly, you're going to stick to your guns because, you know, you're right. And if you have that kind of conviction, um, the, you're not going to quickly back down. And, and I think that's what Donald Trump is made of. And that's what most people don't understand about, say, New Yorkers, you know, the, the traditional New Yorker or the New Englanders. Oh, they're cold. They're harsh. They're rough around the edges. Um, but the truth is, if you get to know them, these are um, loving people. Right, they're right. they're wholehearted people that, and they would back you in a heartbeat. And that's what I well, like. Well, talk about, about backing them. Why do you think? And I, if you have an answer for this, I'll I'll, I'll be shocked and actually happy because I, I've never been able to figure this out. Why is it? Why on God's green earth do these people in that part of the country vote? Far leftist, Marxists, consistently. All those states, they're constant, guaranteed to go deep blue, almost unequivocally, without before you even pull a vote. It is so part of the left. It is so urbanized. It is so cityfied. It is so leftist, Democrat. That why, Steve? What is it with that? Okay, um, let me just admit you've stumped me. Okay, because wow. uh, you know I've been dealing recently. I get these. I, I'm not hardly ever on Facebook, but I've been getting uh, these comments from people that I went to high school with, and I am telling you, I don't understand how they can be so blinded, how they can be so 
leftist, so liberal, so not being able to even make um, a common sense judgment on any event. Uh, I don't get that. I really don't. On the other hand, though, there are people who are devout patriots back east, and they'll admit that they're living, you know, in a communist hell in some of these states, uh, some of these blue But why do they keep doing it if they know that? And this is what I wonder all the time. Why do they keep doing the same thing? Like there are some elections that have come up in past times. And I think to myself, I say, sell. Uh, those states are probably going to turn red this time because it's so bad in the neighborhood that there's no way they're going to go that way. And they never do. They always, I mean, it's like they're just there. It's part of their DNA. They don't you know, know any other yeah. way. Why? Yeah. You know, Malcolm, if it, it maybe there's one possible answer and I don't know how valid this is, but um, back east, you know, we all lived in our little villages. There was the French population, the Italians, the Cubans, the Hispanics, the Portuguese, you know, yeah. and there was always a loyalty to your people and even to your um, to your uh, elders in the family. And maybe it's just a loyalty because that's the way it's always been. That's the way we have to keep it. Hmm. On the other hand, we're seeing a lot of people saying, okay, I've had enough of this. This is not going very well. And we saw that even with them shipping up all the illegal immigrants into New York, I mean, they've had it. And so maybe that's what it takes to change them. But other than that, I really cannot mm. comprehend. I yeah. can't fathom how they can think. The I, I've never happens. understood it. I, I really, truly don't understand it because many of these cities, Steve, we're talking about in these markets. They have the worst policies. They have more homelessness, more drugs, more problems, more crime, more everything. Nothing that is positive in life really in these markets. Yet they go Absolutely. ahead and put the same people into office election after election after election after election after election. And the corruptness, in fact, uh, Rhode Island, that state you just talked about, and Massachusetts right behind it, are consistently voted the most corrupt states in the country. Uh, the most corrupt. In fact, I think Rhode Island takes the number one seed, if I remember correctly. Yes, uh, yes, I, I, I would believe that fully. I saw wow. that even as a kid, even as a teenager, you know, I spent one day uh, working uh, in food service and serving a restaurant where I had to lift a tray above my shoulder. And then when I was clearing uh, the plates, they told me to scrape all the vegetables back into the common bin. I said, what? Oh they said, God. yep, don't question it because the mafia owns this business. Oh and my God. That was my first and my last uh, day ever working in food service. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so dude, that's an so, example. Oh yes, the my, so places do that, don't they, man? Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy, though, isn't it? You don't really know, do you? Uh, and we're a society that that trips me up. I got to tell you, we're a society that eats out uh, and we don't really know. You kind of take. Uh, right. You know, and that was an upscale restaurant, uh, Malcolm. That, probably even worse. That was, probably even worse. Yeah, it was not fast food or anything like that. Right. Well, but just because, you know, they're muckety mucks doesn't mean they have any class, really, you know. Exactly. Um, or brains to go with it, uh, really. But uh, anyways, um, so, you know, the, the whole thing with uh, with um, Donald Trump uh, is, um, you know, I try to make sense of it, Steve, and I try to make sense of where our country is and what do we need as a leader. And 
how in not not you know how do we get all people to see this if everybody feels the way we feel and surely the way I feel that our country is in dire straits and and teetering uh, in some very uncomfortable places, uh, you know, and it's hard to say because we've always looked at our country as a very strong, passionate, uh, Judeo-Christian nation that would stand the test of time, uh, that would be true to itself. And it's hard to see that sometimes with the corruptness that we have, and it's everywhere. The, the 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 system is so corrupt; it stinks, and it's throughout the system. And you think of that when they came after Trump, full, and they're still coming after him. I want to talk about that with the system now, and the the gag orders, and the attorneys, and it's all sort of stacked. Because, as I stated years ago, uh, Trump is a threat to this entire system. Now, this system is very comfortable with being inept, and particularly not. I mean, and somewhat brainless. Uh, and he was a threat to the entire system. And which is why I think, Steve, they came after him full throttle. Um, because Absolutely. He, he still is a threat, a big Well, that's threat. what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. He is right now, big time. Well, no, no, that's why they're, this is why they can't let him go. It's why actually all of the system and the judges and the courts and the various systems are coming after him full throttle because no, he is all that threat. They they can't take any chance that he comes back in there because basically Steve, knowing what he knows now, he sort of knows where, you know, some of the cockroaches are and where some of the bones are buried. That makes him more lethal, more dangerous and more consequential. He may come in there and literally begin to drain some stuff and throw people out the door. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think that's a possibility. I, I wish he would have yeah. looked at the tea leaves earlier because I remember two years into his administration when I'll tell you this much, when all those leaks were happening, when all of the things were starting to get and all the system was coming after him and piling on him, but the policies were great and we were doing great economically. Foreign policy was good. Everything. I mean, that side of it was really good, but the system, our own system was self imploding. You remember that moment, Steve, it was all coming oh, after remember, Trump, coming after Trump, coming well. after the leaks were everywhere. And I and I and I was thinking to myself, and I, I really mean this. I said to I said, you know, I thought to myself, and I I said, self, I said, I, I I'd like to coach this man, number one, to tell him when to help him, you know, to, to, so it doesn't just keep stepping into a pile of number two all the time. But more than that, Steve, I think it, it was even more with the fact that, you know, he was leaving people in positions that should have never been in power positions. This really worried me about him. People Very like James Comey, people like Christopher Ray. It's one of my, as you know, Don Well, one of my pet peeves about him. There's only a couple of things I, I like about everything that the man has done and the man himself I like. I think he's very good, effective. I have no problem with any of it. But there's a couple of things that really bother me. This is one of them. Um, the other, he doesn't know when to when to talk and when not to talk. And that would do him some good as well to be more of a statesman. Uh, he could take a couple of pages, just a couple. If you could take just a couple, three pages out of Ronald Reagan's playbook, I, I feel so much better, Steve. I have to tell you honestly now, really, though, you know, Re Reagan is a statesman. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. But, you know, I ask myself sometimes, yeah. would Ronald Reagan be able to handle what we are facing right now? Hell I of really, a question. Hell of a I question. don't know. You know, I really don't know. Uh, but I agree that Donald Trump, yeah, he was too trusting uh, and 
you you can see, as he has said many right. times, he places a, a high uh, priority on loyalty. Well, he places and- too much. And when you when he thinks you cross that line, Steve, he is a nasty boy. He's a nasty boy. He'll come after you 10 ways to Sunday, right or wrong. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you you touch his loyalty. Yeah, that's like his that's his that's his whole Ten Commandment thing there. You can't do his loyalty. You're you're just you dump on him in any way with his loyalty, and 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 you're you're done. You're you're done. He and he doesn't, I don't think he gives a second chance once that you go there, you get on his enemy list real quick, uh, for whatever reason. And, and there's a lot well, of enemies I'm not, there. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But here's the thing about him. Uh, yeah. what I ask is if if I spoke something against Donald Trump, am I attacking him? Or am I questioning his judgment, you know, and how would he handle that? Well, he's going to think you're attacking him. Let's call it what he, come on now. He's very shallow. not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because here's why I say this, Malcolm, because, you know, Donald Trump is not the kind of guy that wants yes men. You know what I'm saying? He he wants the truth. He wants good advice, good input. Well, hold on now. I'm going to agree with you part way and part way not. He'll do that privately. I would agree with you publicly. Oh, my golly. You embarrass him publicly on what you just said? You're done. You're done. I I don't think he he wants the truth that bad, buddy. Okay. I would say it depends on whether or not you are intentionally trying to humiliate him or put him down, mock him, or are you sincere in a criticism of him? I don't know. You know, I I don't see him. I I don't see him being thin skinned. In other words, like some people would take offense and, oh, you know, like, like the leftist uh, weenies. Yeah. Oh, you hurt my feelings, you know, and uh, I don't see him being like that. He's pretty thick skinned. I mean, who could take the abuses this man has taken already? I sure couldn't. I really yeah. couldn't. No, there's no doubt about that. But typically when you do that, from what I've seen historically, is he'll come back after that person tenfold and put them right in their place and call them names and tear them apart, which we're seeing now in the media, which is really tipping all these judges and courts upside down. That, you know, yeah, but it, he's also dealing with the critical issues, and you know, it's not like he is forever bringing up the past, holding up a grudge, or, or you know, unless it has pertinent uh, or relevance, you know, to the present situation, like you yeah. saw uh, when he started criticizing Netanyahu. Right. I went back and listened to that stuff, Malcolm, and. Yeah. I had to agree with what Trump was saying. If you just listen to the content, is it true or is it false what he is saying? Regardless of how he says it, um, I had trouble negating what he was saying as being true. But here's the big point you're missing with that, that I think debunks everything you just said. Timing is everything in life, Steve, timing. You don't attack a man who's trying to save his country right now and that is under fire in the way that they are. You don't personally attack him. Do you understand? That's not the time. Right? Yeah. um, I mean, you think that's the time to attack the man? Well, uh, what I'm thinking is, you know, was it really an attack or was he trying to make a truthful statement of something for another reason? And that's where he is often misconstrued. And, and I'm not just defending Trump here because I'm just trying to evaluate, uh, you know, did Trump say the things he said because this was an opportune moment to really drive a point home here? Because there's a lot more coming down the pipeline. We're on the verge of World War III. I mean, how much do we want to protect feelings versus try to prevent a third world war? 
Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no. I I mean, I don't discount any of that uh, at all. But timing is everything is my point only. And when you say certain things, uh, you know, there, there's nothing's perfect, Steve. Let's call it what it is. I mean, Trump's That's not true. perfect. Hey, Malcolm, we're even not perfect, right? <laughs> I hate to admit that. I mean, but Netanyahu's not perfect. Trump's not perfect. Nobody's exactly. perfect. I That's mean, come on. And it depends how critical we want to be on these people or not. And some yeah. of the things he said, and I look back just now at what he said here, um, but here's the problem. Here's just to put this to rest here. Let me say this to you. And just so you and I, because I think we might even agree on this, maybe, because when he said certain things about, OK, still timing is a little bit. But but all right, even if I give that to you or him, even when he talked about that Netanyahu was hurt very badly because of what's happened here. He was not prepared. He told Brian Kilmeade that he was not prepared and Israel was not prepared. When I see sometimes the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence or you talk about some of the things that went wrong over the last week, they've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. Of course, those are Trump's words. I can tell you just by the adjectives he uses. But, you know, and I get what he's saying there. I'm not sure the timing was accurate, but that's not even my problem. Those words there. It's down further in the conversation when he when he was talking and which has really got the highlight of the thing when he said, I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That was a very terrible thing. I will say that, Trump said, a very terrible thing. Uh, and he went on and it started to become very personal in the way of whatever happened. There were, he didn't fully disclose what took place, Steve, but there was something with him and Netanyahu that really pissed him off some time ago. And and oh, yeah. he never let it go, I guess. Um because yeah, I don't know. Does that make any sense, or yeah, it makes sense. I'll give you that. I think, but I don't feel like he's actually holding a grudge. I think that he's bringing it up because it has significance. I mean, let's face it: Israel as a nation has really botched it through the whole COVID nineteen thing. I mean, they pushed the shots like crazy, and we know there's a left a lot of leftist politics going on in that nation. They've been very much kind of mimicking the United States where we are so polarized, you know, and I think that um, the, the, you have to ask what's at stake and, and what must we do to, to remedy the situation and to save our nations. And sometimes that, that takes some rather bold speech and we just got to say it like it is. And yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. You know? Well, all right. Well, when, when things were the, 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 the other loop I wanted to close when we were talking about oh, two years into his administration, I'll say this a uh, couple of years in and all those problems were happening. I described a few minutes ago to you, Steve, and uh, things were blowing up, but yet the policies were marvelous. The system was coming after him. I seen the leaks. I seen the Justice Department. I seen what was going on with the FBI, the CIA. And it was, and those were in the early days. You know, the problem, Steve, now we've become now, like, if I think back to where we are now, it's almost like that's acceptable behavior. Like, it was so egregious at the time what took place. I remember the moment. And it was like, I couldn't believe it. Now it's almost like it's, in other words, it's water so under the dam that with our short memories in this country, no one remembers that moment when they were coming after Trump. I remember it clearly like it was yesterday when they were piling on, when he was doing all the things and working hard for our country, the system never let him be president. There wasn't a single solitary day he ever woke up in the White House without somebody coming and attacking him. 
that he could say, oh, it's great to be president today, uh, Melania. Uh, what a beautiful thing. He was constantly under attack 24-7 through his entire administration, even through the campaign forward. But when the you-know-what hit the fan and all that took place, I'll say this to you. I said on air, I told listeners back then even, why doesn't he take round up a couple, three buses, drive them over to the Department of Justice and the FBI, the CIA, and put some of these cats in high management positions and directors and executives on the bus and give them their papers and tell them to get the hell out? That's how you drain a swamp. And I literally said that more than once, multiple times. If you really want to do it, in other words, go to the head of that and deal with it. But you can't put people like James Comey and Christopher Ray in power and expect not to have the, you know, the consequences that we suffer in the Justice Department now between that and all the bureaucratic state. But I literally said that many times. The president, he put them in there. He had the right to remove them, even though the system rebukes it and tells you you can't. I, I don't find I don't I don't buy any of that, Steve. Make sense? Right. Right. Well, you, you're absolutely right in that. And, and that's all the, the more reason why I want to see Donald Trump part two, because I think he will remedy that flaw that he had. I yeah. think he will clean house. He will drain the swamp with everything in his power. And that can really set the stage in a positive way for the next guy coming in, whoever that may be. Because, I mean, think about it. He's only got four years yeah. to clean this up. And then Donald Trump is history. He yep. cannot be president again. Where are we after that? Yeah, yeah. I love what you said just there. Uh, let's make note of that, uh, friends, right now. Steve just hit it right on for me. Uh, Donald Trump part two. He said, I'd love to see Donald Trump. And that really, I guess, was some of the message I was thinking about overnight, frankly. In fact, I said to my wife last night, in full disclosure with you, we were talking about some things and then politics and life and as we do. And I said, and she looked at me and we looked and we said, you know what? We would absolutely vote for him in a hot second here. I mean, true. I'm, I'm just keeping it real with you here. Uh, and uh, we both said that, said this is really, I mean, pr privately, that's exactly, I have to be honest with you and I have to share with you what I say. I'm going to be critical of the system. As I was telling Steve earlier on the uh, discussion we had earlier this morning, actually, uh, to me, bringing to the airwaves, the truth is the most important thing, uh, the truth. And the truth is is never about feeling good or not feeling good. It's the truth. So I'm always critical of things that uh, I that need to be critical of just because it's this one or that one. Or, and I like the person or I vote for the person or something else. I'm still going to be critical of them. You understand? I'm not a phony. And that's the difference, I think, between this broadcast and, and yours truly compared to most of the cats out there. They play with their ideology all day long. Um, listen, I, my ideology uh, really works towards God Almighty, our beautiful nation. Uh, you know, that's the things that drive me is the blessings of life that we have here, uh, really and truly. And uh, so I never lose sight of that. But we had that conversation last night. We both looked at absolutely 100 percent. And that's when it got into my thinking overnight a little bit. And I said, well, if everybody would understand who do we really need now, if they think a Nikki Haley could clean this all up, okay, well then are we going to charge her to do it? And does Ron DeSantis have the backdrop? Now he, you know, I'm, I, I like Ron DeSantis. Let me be clear. I've interviewed him a couple of times. I like the man. I'm not saying I don't, but I see a lot of reports lately too about his global connections and I think, and I don't know, and I don't want to speak out of turn uh, because I don't know all the, 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 the ramifications of that either. Uh, but we don't surely don't want a globalist uh, thinker, 
uh, in there, period. We want an America first thinker. The one thing I know about Trump, he could give two rats ass about the globalists. He is all about America first. That guy bleeds red, white, and blue, just like Malcolm does here. That I do know. And for that, that's a win for me. That's a victory for me. For that, I can overlook almost everything else. Does that make sense, my fellow Americans? You bet it does. You bet it does. Everything else falls below when we're talking about that. So that's all I'm saying. So I started thinking more about this Donald Trump part two is fascinating. When you think, well, who do we really need right now to do what needs to be done? If we really are that much under uh, arrest here, if things are in such a uh, spiral, you know, a, a deficit here, well, then we have to agree, my fellow Americans, it is not business as usual. It is not, you know, a novice you want to have in there. And you surely don't want somebody learning on the job now as it did when Trump got in there. Now, maybe I can chalk some of that up to the fact he was learning on the job. I don't know. But it's not easy, friends. And I will say this. When you're taking on the establishment, the deep state, the, the people who are well embedded in there, let me be very clear with you. It was never going to be easy. Never. None of this is easy. The, our, our salvation is not easy. This great nation is not easy. Uh, doing the hard work we do is not easy. But it was, wasn't supposed to be easy. It's not easy is not the answer. It's hard work. It's a hard fight to do here what we need to do in America. Well, we'll continue on, talk about the gag, notice a couple of other things here. And uh, um, that, that's that's the deal here today here. Uh, AmericaOutloud.shop, I want to mention our partnered sponsorships are very, very important because of the products that are in there that we have negotiated uh, for our America Out Loud family. Uh, and they're best-in-class products there to help you, whether it's just to live a fantastic, healthy life, which is what my goal is, whether it's to fight back vaccine injuries, which some people it is, or fight long COVID, which millions and millions of people are fighting that. Uh, whatever the reason is, there's products in there to help you live a more fulfilling life. And use the code out loud on most all of those products and we'll get you the discounts that we have uh, uh, created and negotiated with these companies. We have worked with some really terrific brands and marvelous companies who passionately care about people. Always do your own research too. They all have research and studies and a mechanism in there to get smart about what it is you're gonna take and consume. So I always suggest you do that. Don't just take somebody's advice for it. Uh, that is not the answer, okay? Um, we'll take a pause now. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous 
for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back into the broadcast, my fellow Americans. It is Malcolm Out Loud here on The Voice of a Nation. Well, I really went long on that first segment, man. I'll tell you what, uh, just lots going on, lots to talk about. I'm going to talk about these gag orders now and uh, discuss a little bit. There's uh, Judge uh, Tanya Chuckin. Uh, she worries me. Uh, she's the one who's uh, playing ping pong with Jack Smith up there. And uh, this one, uh, this lady here concerned me from the get-go. Uh, Trump and his uh, uh, lawyers have tried to get another judge and get her removed, but has not been easy thus far. Uh, she's, uh, they're saying she's going to crack down on the gag orders uh, because some of the things he's saying. Um, Steve, joining me, join me in here on these gag orders here a minute here. I want to uh, slay this a little bit with you here. So, OK, so he's being called out for some of the things that he does. And as an example, when we talk about Trump and his um they, they, they're they using it as threats. So I'm reading what he put out here on social media. And I mean, some of it's a little stupid, but I don't see where any of it is like threatening a witness or threat. I mean, I, but maybe it is. And maybe you tell me you think it is, if if you can be truthful with me on this, because, uh, you know, uh, this is hard to do when you look at this. But for instance, he says here, the Obama appointed federal judge in D.C., a true Trump hater is incapable of giving me a fair trial. Her, her Trump wrote, her hatred of President Donald J. Trump is so great that she has been diagnosed with a major and incurable case of Trump derangement syndrome. Now, that's a statement out there about the judge and stuff. That's his opinion, obviously. I mean, was that, did, did those statements threaten her in some way or make her life in jeopardy or something else going on? Is that the deal here, Steve, that I'm missing? No, I, I don't see any threat in that whatsoever. I think Donald Trump is making a statement which he uh, claims to be a fact. And the question is, is it true or false? Can he back it with information? Um, everybody in the world 
with with at least a reasonable brain knows that these charges are bogus. This is illegal weaponization by the DOJ. It is simply communist-style election interference. And so I think what we're seeing with Donald Trump is actually civil disobedience, and I believe it is fully justified. Well, it's free speech, isn't it? I mean, I don't see anything. I mean, he's entitled, but I don't like somebody. Uh, You know, you're a moron then. I mean, what do you want from me? I mean, it doesn't, I mean, come on. Uh, He has another one here, which I absolutely agree with. All of it, actually, I hate to admit, because it's not said very nicely, but I do agree with Trump on this. He said this, I called Bill Barr dumb, weak, slow-moving, lethargic, gutless, and lazy, a rhino who couldn't do the job. Oh, my dear. OMG, they say there, I think, Steve. Or he calls it like it is. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the words he used, yeah. And then he says here, uh, uh, now, uh, well, that's what he said about that. Now, listen to this. Ty Cobb, he is the former White House lawyer. You remember Ty Cobb, who represented him. Yeah, he was part of his legal team there. He was on CNN, of course, the the, the beautiful network of lies and bullshit. Uh, Aaron Burnett. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, he believes, uh, Ty believes, and I quote, that Trump will spend a night or a weekend in jail for violating the order. I think it's going to take that, Ty Cobb said, I think, to to take, for, for him to stop him, for that to stop him, uh, for these gag orders. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's cute. <laughs> um, the, it, there's another person I just read about before we came on from uh, Neil Katyal, uh, former acting solicitor general, yeah. uh, he's, which is a lawyer appointed to represent the federal government, for those who don't know, uh, before the U.S. Supreme Court. But he asked the question, are we going to put the former president in jail? And then he goes on and says, it's about the legitimacy of the court and about the judicial process. And, and, and I thought, oh, truly, that is what it's about. And this is why these people are crazy. And this is why I believe that Donald Trump has a duty um, to disobey the gag order. I think that it, it is completely uh, a, a new level of censorship. He cannot defend himself uh, in any way. And that's exactly what Well, I'm going want. to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. And, uh, and I'm also going to take it one step further. Again, you know, there's one thing, Steve, when you say, is that presidential or not? Or I wish he'd be careful with time. And it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to say that the guy can't say what the hell he wants to say because he doesn't have any free speech left. Right. I mean, right. Another Which is animal. exactly what yeah. they want. Exactly. Right. They're trying. They literally not only are they coming out from full force, but they want him to take it, Steve, uh, lying down. And the man's not going to do that. OK, um, I, and I said- don't think the American people will take it lying down, especially if they try to put him in jail. Well, let's talk about that a moment. That's kind of where I wanted to end this uh, talk with you on this uh, Donald Trump uh, 2.0 version that we're talking about here. So. All right. I'm feeling so Ty Cobb says he thinks it's going to happen. Now, you and I both know, Steve, these judges, many of them, including Chuck Ken and others, they really do think they walk on water, by the way. They believe they have the power of like godly power, you know, because they yes, just, yes, you, they you know what I'm talking about. But you've been there oh, yourself where the, the stupid courts in Oregon did that to you. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. And, and they'll come after you when they come after you for because they don't like the color shirt you have on or something. It doesn't matter. But they think. They really do think they have uh, rights from God and they have that wave their magic wand around. 
their gavel and bang it down and you turn into a frog or something. I don't know. And but but I think with with this, uh, I'll tell you truthfully, Steve, with everything going on in the world right now and the way we get these headlines and I would not be surprised at all to see breaking news uh, and the way they do it and headlines all over the place that say Trump, you know, gets fined such and such again and gets, you know, five days in jail for doing the gag. And then back to what you said a moment ago, and the guy said, well, my God, you're going to put a former president in jail for what? And that would be a game changer. But we continue to have game changers with this guy and nothing seems to really change anything including J6 and what they did to all those political prisoners. I don't know, Steve, what do you think happens? Um, I, you know, I think that if, if they even tried to imprison Trump, I think, I think his reaction ought to be exactly what Wyatt Earp said, you know, at the shootout at the OK Corral, when they wanted to try and arrest uh, Wyatt Earp and his gang, the Earp brothers. uh, I don't think I'll let you arrest me today. And, um, you know, that would be the attitude I would have. I think this is a time where we must disobey this uh, anarchy of our government and take a stand. Whatever so what if they means. try to grab him now, if they come in with handcuffs and they try to grab him physically, then what? what I don't want you to arrest me today. What, what's the outcome of that? Right. Well, let's see what happens, because. I know that there are millions of people that will not stand for it. You know, they, they're talking, what, seven, seven, 78 million people for Trump. I think it's a whole lot more than that, actually, now. It is more than uh, that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so... Do so you think the people push support. back on the system? Do you think that's the deal? You, do you think Definitely that's the one so. thing? Definitely so. You, so. you think I, that one thing could break... The, the whole camel's back on this thing. Yes, I think that would be the 2,000-pound straw on the camel's back. Well, I'll tell you what, then. Let me just say a prayer now to God Almighty and say, God, please give us that 2,000-pound straw on the camel's back, please, so that would do that. What do you say to that, Steve? <laughs> I'm all for it, Malcolm. I really oh, am. Boy. I want to save our nation. <laughs> there you go. It. There you go. Oh, man, that's Dr. Steve Latilla with me there, too. I'll tell you what. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, you know. Maybe that's the time when we need to uh, raise a ruckus, you know, and at what point is too much too much? At what point, my fellow Americans? At what point? Why? What What are we waiting for exactly? I, I, I really wonder what we're waiting for before we let our voices really be heard. I just keep hoping they do put that 2,000 pound weight on the camel's back. I just keep, that's what I keep saying. God, please give us something here. That's my story, friends, and I'm sticking with it. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.